As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Alexa, podcast on. God, okay. Alexa, uh, start rocketship.fm episode. Um, Mike? Hold on one second. Alexa, start this new episode of rocketship.fm. You know we're already recording, right? No, well, yes. Um, what, what are you doing? <laughs> well, okay. Truth be told, I'm actually not even near an Alexa right now. I'll be honest. Uh, you have me totally lost. Um, <laughs> so then uh, why did you just make me listen to you trying to have a conversation with your Amazon Echo right now? Well, because I'm trying to give everybody a hint on what today's episode is all about, what product <laughs> journey we're about to take them on. Okay, let me guess. It's um, Amazon Echo and Alexa, isn't it? You've got it. And you know what? Let me give this one more try. Alexa, start today's rocketship.fm episode right now. 
Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Michael, 10 years ago, what if I were to tell you that there would be an inconspicuous device placed into most of our homes, maybe in our bedrooms, our kitchens, our living rooms, and these devices, they would just constantly listen to us. 24 hours a day, they would just be there, eavesdropping on even our most private conversations. I would think you're crazy. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we read about in espionage thrillers, right? You're right. But wouldn't it be even crazier if we were the ones asking for them and paying for the privilege to have those devices essentially spying on us? It would be, although, I mean, this is the year, what, 2020, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, maybe we're spying is a strong word, but devices like Amazon Echo, Google Home, and even smart appliances, these devices are designed to listen to us and provide us with information when we ask or do certain tasks, right? That's right. And Amazon Echo, it was one of the trailblazers of this trend. And we're going to dive into a bit of this product journey of Amazon Echo and Alexa and learn how it all started and where it stands today. So diving right in, for those of you who, I don't know, maybe haven't been around for the last six years or so, <laughs> we should share a bit more about what Amazon Echo and Alexa actually is. Yeah. And first off, if you really haven't been around for six years and are just getting back now, I'm sorry. <laughs> 2020 is probably not what you were expecting. Maybe go back to where you were for a little bit longer. But um, okay, seriously. Anyway, what, what was the question again? Where are we? What is Amazon Echo? Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, let's start here. Tech journalist Bridget Carey explains it much better than I could right here in this segment on CNET. Step aside, Siri, and don't cry, Cortana. There's a new female computer voice you can talk to now, and her name is Alexa. Well, the device itself is actually called Amazon Echo. Amazon created a speaker you can put anywhere in your home. It's connected to the internet and responds to your family's voice commands. But before any question or command, you have to first say Alexa. The concept is just like what you can do with Android by saying, okay, Google, before a command. But the Amazon Echo does much more than a phone. You could ask her for the news and she'll play the latest from NPR, ESPN, or your local radio station. You can set alarms, timers, even ask her to add items to your shopping list. And of course, it's a giant speaker so you can play music. The speakers send out audio from all directions and you can stream from several music services. At the top near the light ring, you'll find seven microphones with technology that can hear you from any direction and while music is playing. I remember when Amazon Echo was first released. This was back in 2014, in early November, I think. Yeah, right around, you know, the holiday season. It was mm. priced at $199, but Amazon Prime members could reserve one for just $99. That savings and sub $100 price point it made it a really popular gift during that holiday season. And in fact, I'm almost positive it was one of the gifts that my wife got me that year. And we still have that Amazon Echo with us today. Do you really? Yeah, definitely. Along with an Echo show in our kitchen, Echo Dots in the kids' rooms, and we'll actually get to all those devices. But yeah, it all started with the original Amazon Echo, this voice-enabled smart speaker with a companion AI that we all know today as Alexa. So how did this all start? What did chapter one look like in this product journey? Well, before we get to chapter one, we should probably tell a bit of a prologue. And that goes all the way back to 2004 when Amazon opened up Lab 126, which is an internal innovation and I'll call it like an intrapreneurship hub. 
Um, this was a lab with software engineers, hardware designers, and other product people that essentially started to launch different devices for Amazon. Uh, in fact, they worked on the original Amazon device, the Kindle, and it was at this very lab where Amazon's other hardware products were worked on. Like? Well, the Kindle was codenamed Project A, and then uh, Project B was the Fire Phone, Amazon's mm -hmm. answer to the iPhone. And Project C was, well, I actually don't know that I could say for sure. I mean, Amazon always has been pretty secretive about what Project C was. I read that it was some sort of like hologram machine that would project <laughs> 3D images into your home, but it doesn't really matter because Amazon gave up on Project C and morphed it into a totally new project altogether, Project D, which became. Amazon Echo. That's interesting. Uh, how it really potentially came out of an augmented reality initiative. Potentially, right? But regardless, Project D was Echo. And out of the gate, what was the vision? How did it change to what we know now um, as Amazon Echo and then Alexa? Well, yeah. I mean, the original goals of the project were to create a device that would be an intelligent voice-enabled speaker that could not just play music, but broadcast the news aloud to you and allow you to order groceries all by voice command from the user. Um, although there is a more succinct way for me to say what their intent was. This is actually from the PBS film Amazon Empire, the rise and reign of Jeff Bezos. And you're going to hear in his own words what the mission was. But first, some big screen inspiration. A top priority. To boldly go where no man has gone before was to create the sci-fi future he'd fallen in love with as a child. Gentlemen, this computer has an auditory sensor. It can, in effect, hear sounds. A world of artificial intelligence in which computers can think and make decisions for humans and about humans. Jeff Bezos is a big fan of Star Trek. He, he admits that that was on his brain when he came up with the idea that Amazon should be pursuing a little disc that you can bark commands into. Stop. This is his beam me up Scotty fantasy realized. We started working on this device and our, our uh, vision was that in the long term, it would become the Star Trek computer. So even Jeff Bezos admits he was working on something right out of Star Trek. That's kind of wild. <laughs> but, but when did Project D really begin? Well, the work dates back to like 2010. So a good three to four years before it was eventually released. And there's a reason that it took so many years of development. I imagine it took a while to perfect that technology. Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, in a way, so much of what was entailed would all still need to be invented. So this wasn't like creating a new iteration of a cell phone, which already existed. This is creating something altogether different than anything else that existed. Plus, they already tried to create a new phone and I don't know didn't work out, did it? Yeah. And that actually plays a big factor into the time that it took to develop everything. Amazon's Fire Phone flopped badly. And if they were going to put as much weight into another launch, Jeff Bezos was not going to have that happen again. Why else did things take so long, though? Well, for one, there wasn't this agreement on what the main purpose of the device actually was. I mean, yes, the vision was sort of for it to be this Star Trek-like device, but what does that actually mean? Uh, for many people internally at Amazon, they could see it being a music listening device that you could talk to. They could wrap their minds around that, but they couldn't wrap their minds around what else it could really do. 
except for Jeff Bezos himself, right? From the beginning, he was steadfast that it should be completely integrated into the Amazon shopping experience. Many customers didn't know that they had a problem and that this solved that problem, but there sure would be some money to be made if it was integrated and resonated with customers. And Amazon, they pressed on with the hardware. They started thinking hard about the software, specifically the voice-enabled AI software that would be necessary to make the Alexa part of Echo actually work. And a part of that was acquiring the talent and technologies needed. Part of that came in acquisitions, like William Tunstall Pito and his voice assistant startup, Evie, in 2012. Amazon bought us. Uh, we became Amazon Cambridge, and the team uh, and tech uh, became part of Amazon, and we were heads down on this top secret, absolutely top secret project building Alexa and building Echo. But there were some problems with the launch. More on those problems in the eventual launch right after a break to hear from our sponsors. So before we went to break, we mentioned that there were some problems that needed to be addressed with the development of the Amazon Echo and Alexa. The internal teams were collaborating and acquisitions were happening to build up the strength of the teams and technologies, but there was one major hurdle, latency. Yeah, and this was a huge sticking point. It wasn't just that the Alexa technology needed to answer questions that its users would ask, but it had to do so in a conversational way. So if it took 10 to 15 seconds to hear, interpret, and respond to a question, well, it's not exactly a conversation. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country, or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Mike? Sorry, I was just trying to illustrate the fact that a long pause isn't very conversational. Yeah, well, you made your point, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Back to the Amazon's issues. Okay, fine. There were more issues, like what to call what became Alexa. At first, the name was Flash. Jeff Bezos even wanted people to simply say Amazon at one point in order to wake the speaker up. But Amazon was a commonly used word. Inadvertently waking up the device would cause problems if it happened all the time, right? Yeah. And then there's the issue of relying too much on music at first. So music was this simple, out-of-the-box use case. Uh, everybody could wrap their minds around it. It made sense. But if they relied too much on the music use case, it'd be seen as just that, a speaker to play music. People might struggle with all of the other use cases. And the consumer belief that this was more than just a smart music speaker, that was very important to Amazon, especially as they prepared to invest in opening up their platform and allowing so many other skills to be enabled. So finally, in November of 2014, Amazon took the plunge and launched Amazon Echo. With its Alexa AI technology built inside, Here's Local 12, a CBS News affiliate in Cincinnati, reporting the launch. Amazon unveils a device that is part speaker and part voice-activated personal assistant. 
Echo is a wireless speaker that is always listening. It has a voice assistant called Alexa, just like Apple's Siri. You ask it a question or give it a command, Echo can search for the answers, play your favorite music on request, set up wake-up calls, and give you reminders should you need them. It will run $199. It's expected to be available in the next several weeks. If you thought of having microphones always listening is uh, a bit creepy, Amazon says you can turn the microphones off. Launched at $199, although Amazon Prime members could get it for 50% off of that. Word is that Amazon actually lost money on every device that they sold, but that was a part of the plan. The device itself would become a loss leader. They'd get the device cost down, and then they'd be able to make money in other ways, enabling developers to offer various voice apps or skills, as they call it. Better connecting homes into the Amazon store. There was money to be made for sure. That first holiday launch saw over 600,000 Amazon Echo devices sold. Compared to the original iPhone launch that we talked about a couple of weeks back, it pales in comparison, but think about it. That's $60 million in revenue right out of the gate. Albeit it's unprofitable revenue, but most products would dream of getting to $60 million in sales annually. And they did that in the first few weeks. But more than that money, Amazon was getting something else too, data. And that data certainly has value as well. Going back to that PBS film, The Rise and Reign of Jeff Bezos, we learned that Alexa isn't just sitting there in our houses to you know look pretty. But Alexa is also listening and she's learning questions and learning more. And that helps Amazon in the race to dominate artificial intelligence. Alexa. Every time you ask Alexa something, you're making the Alexa algorithm better. It's one of the reasons why Amazon, having had a head start, is able to kind of preserve that head start because they've got the most data of anyone. Alexa is one more way for Amazon to gather extremely valuable data. And this data collection is extremely important to this business model. It's extremely hard to do. And, you know, convincing people to just deploy something like this in their home is a brilliant trick. A brilliant trick. That voice we heard making that proclamation was Meredith Whitaker, co-director of the AI Institute at New York University. And before that, you heard Brad Stone, author of The Everything Store. Brad's actually a Cleveland native, and Rocketship listeners, you might remember him from our story on books.com. That was one of my favorite series I think we ever did. Um, <laughs> but, you know, listeners can go back and re-listen to that. But this notion of the Amazon Echo devices always listening to us, that has caused a lot of debate and controversy. I mean, again, it seems a bit Orwellian, right? That we could actually be paying money to put devices in our house to always listen to us. But Amazon's perspective is, well, they're not really always listening to us. In this segment from PBS Frontline, Amazon VP Dave Limp shares what Amazon really is and really isn't listening to. I would first disagree with the premise. It it, it doesn't, it's not a listening device. The the device in its core is a, it has a detector on it. We call it internally a wake word engine. And that detector is listening, not really listening, it's detecting one thing and one thing only, which is the word you've said that you want to get the attention of that echo. Once the device is awake and the blue light is on, it's recording. And last year, it was revealed that Amazon employs thousands of people around the world to listen and transcribe some of those recordings to help train the system. Do you think that you did a good enough job of disclosing that to consumers, that, that there are humans involved in listening to these recordings? 
we, we try to articulate what we're doing with our products as clearly as we can. But if I could go back in time and I could be more clear and the team could be more clear on how we were using uh, human beings to annotate a small percentage of the data, I would for sure. What I would say though is that once we realized that customers didn't clearly understand this and within a couple days we added an opt-out feature so that customers could turn off annotation uh, if, they, if they so chose and then within a month or two later we allowed people to auto-delete data which they also asked for within that, within that time frame. You know, we're not going to always be perfect but when we make mistakes I think the key is that we correct them very quickly on behalf of customers. So they're not listening, they're detecting. All right, all right. Yeah, and there are some human involved who may have even transcribed some of your commands to Alexa. So of course, as Amazon will say, that's all in the name of creating a smarter engine for Alexa. It's all so they can better serve the customers. Yeah, to be fair though, they've responded to this criticism as Dave Limp noted, and let's face it, did any of us really think they weren't doing something with all this data? Anyway, where do things stand now? I mean, we're now six years past the initial launch and what's changed? What's new for Amazon and its Echo line of devices and the Alexa personal assistant? We'll get into all of that after a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Before the break, we learned about the story of launching Amazon Echo and Alexa and what concerns creeped up when people realized that these listening devices... Yeah, remember, they're not listening devices. Right, right. Okay, so anyway, what concerns creeped up when these not listening devices started listening to us? But where do things stand now? How has Amazon Echo and Alexa progressed? Well, for one, they're launching new products like this product geared towards senior citizens. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. Odessa! That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. Wait, that's that's not real? No. Okay, that was a sketch from Saturday Night Live. And yeah, that is fictional. Uh, but there definitely have been real advancements. Like? Well, how they opened up the entire platform and made it much easier for developers to create new skills that could be used with Alexa. Want to design a product that will let Alexa turn it on and off through your user's voice commands? You could do that now. Do you want to design a skill that will read, say, storybooks to your kids at night? That's possible, too. Uh, here's Mike George, who is the VP of Alexa at Amazon, talking with Jordan Crook at TechCrunch Disrupt. We opened up the Alexa voice service um, with two SDKs, the Alexa Skills Kit. That lets people who have existing apps or services voice enable those services without having to understand ASR, NLU, deep learning techniques, neural networking. Um, we just try to make it easy for them to take apps which historically required some form of physical input and interaction and just voice enable them. The other SDK that we launched was called the um, Alexa Voice Service. And this is, 
This is for, largely for people who have applications, services, or hardware. And the hardware could be, you know, consumer electronics, TVs, whatever, appliances, automobiles, and take that entire Alexa voice experience and embed it in their own equipment or apps. So they continue to invest in the technology, opening things up for developers. As a part of this investment was an actual VC fund, the Alexa Fund, with over $200 million in capital committed to making 90 investments to date. Yeah. And sales, by the way, it has certainly picked up over the years. I mentioned how there were a few hundred thousand devices sold in that first holiday season back in 2014. Well, by just 2017, Amazon was selling over 26 million devices. In 2020, Sales were expected to double from that point, with over 50 million devices projected to be sold. But it's not just the same Amazon Echo that was unveiled in 2014 that exists today. Now there are a whole range of Alexa-enabled devices designed to play a role in different places in people's lives. Here's David Limp again, this time speaking at the 2019 GeekWire Summit. The place we focused on for the, I'd say, the first four years of the evolution of Alexa had, had been uh, the home. And, and the home, from our standpoint, was um, uh, under-invented. You know, if you thought about how fast invention was happening in your car with automation and sensors, and you thought about how fast your phones have evolved, they've gotten thinner and bigger screens and a lot more sensors and better cameras, in some ways the home had been ignored, in our opinion. And so what we really concentrated on for the first four years with both Fire TV and Alexa integration there, and then Alexa, as you said, and smart speakers, and now things with displays, Echo Show, was to how do we bring the home uh, closer to a first class citizen? And so, and you know, to give you a sense of it, it's you know, now on a, any given week, uh, people interact around the world billions of times with Alexa. So it's, that has taken off, that is gonna, that, that's here, and we're pretty optimistic about its future. But about, I'd say 12 to 18 months ago, we started getting requests from customers of, well, we love using Alexa, our family loves using Alexa, how can we take it to other different places? And so what you're starting to see us now, either through integrations with automobile manufacturers or some of the new products, Echo Buds or Frames or Loop, uh, which is a ring, uh, we're, we're starting to experiment with what does it mean to have Alexa on the go and where do customers want that same ambient-like user experience, uh, again, that, that's different than their phone, but with them out in the world around them. A car is a good example. You don't want to pull out your phone. You don't want to text while you're driving. Please don't do that. And, uh, but if you wanted to send a message or you just want to get what the weather, you can just ask Alexa and she can respond. So let's break down some of what those new devices are. There's the Echo Dot. Uh, these are small mini versions of Echo, basically a small voice command speaker that could live anywhere. Uh, they're inexpensive, as low as $50. There's also the Echo Show, which has a touchscreen attached to it, allowing you to ask Alexa to pull up a new segment, show a recipe, or maybe just call up a picture slideshow to play. There's the Echo Glow, which is a big glowing orb, uh, perfect for a kid's room, and lets you use your voice to change the colors. Echo Buds, smart-enabled Bluetooth earbuds so it can feel like alexa is right inside your brain pretty much yeah <laughs> and we haven't even covered them all i mean there's a smart plug a wall clock a ring with a microphone built in <laughs> even the echo frames these are glasses where you wear to get notifications and give commands to alexa who in a way is now right in your face and this isn't even a saturday night live sketch i mean all of these are real and that really brings us to today yeah so michael this product journey 
it's obviously going to continue for probably a really long time. And who knows yeah. what new Amazon Echo and Alexa-enabled devices are coming next from Amazon. I mean, let me ask you, what do you think will be launched in, say, 2021 or 2022? Um, Maybe the Echo COVID vaccine? <laughs> I can't believe you went there. <laughs> uh, I did just go there, didn't I? Maybe I shouldn't have went there. I don't know. Thanks so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM now has a premium ad-free feed. All you have to do is go to glow.fm forward slash Rocketship and subscribe. It helps support the show and it gives you an ad-free experience. You actually get an exclusive feed that you can listen to on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, which is a community for software product people. Product Collective is also the home of industry, the product conference, industry virtual workshops, and one of the largest Slack groups for product people anywhere. And we're also on the Podglomerate Network, so a huge thanks to Podglomerate. You can listen to all the Podglomerate shows at thepodglomerate.com. We'll see you here next week on Rocketship.fm. 